Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. My name's Courtney, the Indoubt Coordinator, and it's so good to have you listening. Last week, I let you know that we're going to be introducing some changes to Indoubt, and on this episode, you'll hear their voices. You're going to hear Ben Lowell, who oversees the Ministry of Indoubt, introduce them. The purpose of this episode is to give you the chance to get to know each of them as we move forward with these new changes, keeping the same Indoubt purpose, engaging views on faith, life, and culture, and ultimately teaching the Bible. We're welcoming back a previous host of Indoubt, Isaac Dagno, introducing a new host, Joshua Scott, and joining us as well is our most recent partner, Daniel Markin. I'm excited for what the future holds for Indoubt, and I hope that you are too. Basically, the goal is to give you the same Indoubt, but with more perspectives, so we'll be alternating these guys and having guests join them the same as usual. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about this new transition, you can email me at info at That's all from me, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hi, my name is Ben Lowell, and I'm one of the leaders of Good News Global Media. The ministries of Good News Global Media include the ministry In Doubt, which you're listening to right now. Well, today I have an exciting privilege of introducing to you the new hosts and and partners in ministry. Three guys are going to participate with the Ministry of In Doubt. Now, first of all, I have to introduce this guy because you will have known him, and he's meant so much to this ministry and to In Doubt. And once uh, we had decided that we were going to take this new train of thought, uh, I had to call him, and I called Isaac Dagno. We had coffee. I said, Isaac, would you be part of this ministry again? People miss you. Would you do that? And so I want to introduce Isaac. Isaac, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Happy you know, to be here. It's great to have you. You know, as you reflect back on in debt, what was special about the opportunity? Oh, man, there's probably lots I could say. One thing that I think personally is I, I was able to benefit so much, um, you know, with networking with so many different people, engaging topics that I wouldn't have actually thought about engaging before, and having the opportunity to actually share uh, biblical truths that, you know, engage those topics and be able to kind of be able to serve the greater young adult kind of community across Canada and the world uh, with those things. But there, there's so there's so much. Um, I don't recall you, by the way, saying that anyone missed me. So thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. We heard oh, from good. them all the time, almost on a daily basis. Sure, we heard sure. from people. Isaac, welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Now, I want to introduce to you one of our new hosts, Joshua Scott. Joshua, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Ben. It's good to be here. Yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you are, and and why you would even want to do this. That was good questions. Uh, so, I currently work as the Young Adults Pastor at Maple Ridge Baptist Church, but I've been there for about three years. Before that, I, w- I spent a couple years in Saskatchewan studying at Briarcrest, uh, before then growing up in Jasper, Alberta, right in the Rocky Mountains. And and what gets me excited about a young adults ministry like this, like in doubt, is, is the very fact that the life moment of a young adult is such an incredibly important transition. You're moving from these things that, that you're taught and you're raised with if you grow up in the church or or things you're raised with that are outside of the church, and suddenly everything becomes real. Uh, suddenly you, you've got to take this out on your own. You're no longer under your parents' house sometimes. You're often you've got to make real life decisions. 
this is where it gets real. This is where you have to decide, am I going to follow Jesus? Is, is that going to define my life? Or, uh, no, actually, I've never believed any of this ever. Uh, and so this is such a critical moment uh, to realize, yeah, the things that I've been taught actually have a firm foundation, not just not just in my parents' ideas of what the world is and what life is, but actually in the Word of God. And that Word of God is rooted in history. And it, and it so well describes how we then ought to go forward into our lives. Uh, and there really is a solid foundation. Jesus wasn't kidding when he said, you build your life on a rock if you follow and obey these things. There's a, there's a rock to stand on. Uh, and that's that's an exciting thing. And I think uh, even being a young adult myself, um, that that's something that I need to press on into the rest of my life. Uh, I want to know that there's a rock to stand on, and and I think that's that's a great blessing that in doubt can be a part of, of showing uh, young adults what this rock is, and this rock is the Word of God. And now, uh, someone else I want to introduce, and he's going to participate with In Doubt. We're excited about that. And uh, Daniel Markin, I've known you uh, for not very long, uh, but. Uh, Daniel, welcome, man, and thanks for, for wanting to be part of what we're doing here in In Doubt. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you would even venture to be part of this. Well, uh, Ben, thanks again for bringing me on, and I'm excited about this. The A uh, little bit about myself, I grew up here in Abbotsford. I was actually a missionary kid, so when I was six years old, my dad got a job here at a church in Abbotsford and um, been living here since, and I'm lucky enough now. I went off and did my college degree at a school in Chicago, came back. And uh, now I'm working on my master's. And I think, uh, Josh, I don't know if you mentioned this, but uh, Josh has just finished up what's called an Immerse program. And I'm doing an Immerse program as well. And it's a master's program that you do uh, while working immersed in a local church. So it's part-time work, part-time study. So you're getting a lot of practical uh, on the ground um, ministry. So my placement uh, is with Andy Steiger and our young adults ministry at Northview. And uh, that's been a real passion of mine. And the reason that I'm excited about this program and, very excited about young adult ministry is because in my high school years, I watched a lot of my friends walk away from the faith. And especially if if I talk about my, like, you know, the six guys in my high school core group, they all walked away and I was the only one left. And for a time that really, you know, you can, you can wear that as a badge of pride for a time. And only as the Lord has been working in me, um, has he given me a heart for, um, those who have walked away and realize that it's only by grace that I didn't walk away and it's only by grace that he will bring them back. And so uh, the heart for me and working in young adults and being a part of something like In Doubt is um, how do we provide answers to young adults so they don't walk away from the church? And more than that, how do we get them to love their Bibles and love the Word of God? If we actually believe it is his inerrant, infallible Word, Right. If this is God's word that is breathed, that is Second Timothy three sixteen. Right. It's God's breathed word. If that's His word. Then we should follow it and believe it. And so, I'm excited about the word. I'm excited about scripture. I'm excited about theology. And I want other young adults to be excited as well. You know, this is very cool. Thanks, guys. I, I want to move on a little bit here because I got some really important questions to ask you. I want to start off right off the bat. You know, we have a coordinator the in-depth coordinator. You probably hear, if you're listening, you probably hear at the beginning and the end of the show, her name's Courtney. But she's given me these questions to ask you guys just to get things going. So here we go. Who is your favorite superhero? Isaac? 
You know what? I I do. My wife bought me a shirt <laughs> with the Flash on it, Barry oh, Allen, the Flash. Really? And <laughs> I always I told her before that I really do like the Flash. I don't know wh- why exactly he can run fast. I, if I had to pick one, then he's kind of cool. He can run really fast. And you right? have the and you have the outfit. <laughs> I, I do. You have the home, outfit, of course. Wear it every night. So Joshua. Yeah, oh man, that's a tough question. I'm gonna have to go. With, I'm gonna have to go with Captain America. Captain America. I respect him for his leadership. That's that's the thing that I love for Captain America. He's not, in terms of a superhero, he's not crazy outstanding. Like, yeah, he's strong. But he's a leader. And I respect that in Captain America. He makes the call. So I'd go with Captain wow. America. Mm. That sounds a little bit leadership. You know, I would thought you were thought, oh, no, I can jump <laughs> mountains or I can tear things apart or whatever. It's his leadership. I like his leadership. But thanks. Oh, that's, you're welcome. That's an you're welcome. <laughs> he loves the patriotism. That's right. That's right. I love what trying to say. Daniel. So to answer your question, my uh, favorite Avenger or superhero, I think it's Iron Man. Iron Man. I like Iron Man, Iron yeah. Man. Okay, guys, I want to ask you uh, a few more questions just to get the audience to understand who you are a little bit more and what you're about. So what's your favorite thing you do on the weekend? Well, if you caught me on the golf course on a Saturday, are trust you, me, I'd be smiling. Are you a golfer? I'm a golfer, through and through. Golfer, curling, some, like, these are the cool you sports. You really are Canadian. Thank you. You are. <laughs> That's what my friends tell me sometimes. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Isaac, now you don't golf, but I know you do Frisbee golf. Well, actually, I do golf. I've golfed oh. on all of our... Um, oh, yeah, our golf events. Our golf events. Golfed, and I'm yeah. just terrible. So I'm actually really happy that Joshua <laughs> likes it because maybe he can take that place. Uh, that would be great. Uh, yeah, disc golf. Disc golf. It's not Frisbee golf. That's like saying oh, Kleenex and tissue. Kleenex is the brand. Tissue is the actual product. So Frisbee is a brand. Disc is the is the actual thing. I got uh, very. I stand correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isaac seems a little defensive on that one. But what do you do on your weekends? Is that something uh, you do, or what? What's your favorite uh, no, things I, to do? I think uh, well, family time is huge. So I love. I know that's kind of like the cheesy cliche thing to say, but it's true. It's like I just love hanging out uh, with with my wife and my daughter. Uh, and not gonna lie, I love being able to sleep in a little tiny bit. And uh, so, you know, sleep until, I don't know, 7, 7.30, something like that. It's like <laughs> awesome. So that's really nice. Uh, what else do I do? I love, I love going out. So I also love just going somewhere, whether it means Ikea, get some, you know, frozen yogurt and a cinnamon bun and stuff like that. Wow. All right. Daniel. Ideal Saturday is wake up. After sleeping in. Yeah, Sunday, let's start there off the Saturday There was well. a delay after wake up, and I was a little bit concerned about that, but wake up and then... Yeah, wake up, make sure I'm alive. Okay. And, uh, and then, do you know what? I try and sleep in as long as possible. Nice. Yeah. So, I got you beat, Isaac. Maybe like 10 o'clock I'll wake up and uh, kind of lie around for as long as I can. And uh, the goal on a Saturday is to try and drink a coffee at some point. Okay. Now That's you, just relaxing. If me. you had, if you were going to go somewhere with a buddy, what would you be doing? Hmm. I don't know if I have any buddies. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I just depend. It, I have no idea. There, no. It could be anything. I'd say board games are, are one of those things that, like, in terms of my friend group or my buddies, when we hang out, oftentimes we'll pull out a deck of cards or we'll pull out some sort of game. Sorry, you pull out a, what, a deck of what? A deck of cards. Are you allowed to do that now? Is that? It's true. I mean, true. we've discovered that it's biblically sound. Is, okay. is it, is it <laughs> not gambling? It's not gambling. Is it not gambling whoa, whoa, whoa. there? I didn't say there's money involved. <laughs> Just emotion. Good, good. Uh, so that would that would be hanging out with my buddies. We we play all sorts of games, but we also go off and we just do things, uh, and that could be anything. You know, uh, going to Bard on the beach tomorrow night with a couple friends. Oh, cool. So 
all sorts of things. Yeah. So you're into Shakespeare. You're just into Bard on the Beach. You know, I've never been to Bard on the Beach, but I do enjoy some good Shakespeare. Oh, there you go. There you go. I do enjoy. You don't always hear those words. I do enjoy some good Shakespeare. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, we got to get something more out of you other than Uh, being with family, though. When it comes to hanging out with friends? Yeah. Well, I I haven't played disc golf for a few years, but I I do enjoy playing disc golf. (laughs) Seriously, you got me in a a tight spot here. I've also been very busy with immersive stuff, but my schooling and stuff like that, I'm like, usually my Saturday is just like stay at home. So I need to probably get out and see my friends. What's your favorite thing about church? Well, that's a that's a big, it's a huge question. Okay, I would say that having community on a consistent basis is 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 got to be one of the strongest uh, things about being a part of a church. Is you have that accountability, you have those people in your life who are going to say, uh, "Hey, you can continue and to run this race when times are tough." And then in turn, you have that obligation and that opportunity and that. Um, Maybe obligation is not the right word. You you, you have that responsibility um, to also speak into their lives and to encourage them in the faith. But being able to go weekly and be reminded um, with your friends, because I mean, when we worship, we're, we're not just there having our own little worship moment. We're gathered with our friends and family and people that we know and people we've grown up with. And as time goes on, like these friends just grow and grow and grow in these friendships. And so there is an amazing element of worshiping with our friends, but we are, we are there together remembering Christ together and uh, laughing together. And in a world where there's so many different messages being thrown at you, you try and maximize that as much as possible. Um, I believe that we should, like, we should be trying to spend as much time as we can with other believers um, who can keep us from going astray. Yeah, huge. Yeah. I think just to, you know, kind of almost summarize yours, it's just, you know, every, I know when you say, you know, favorite part about church, I mean, that's, that's the people. So it's everything, but I'm, I'll just think specifically with just, you know, your service time, your regular service time. It's just this awesome time, formal time where everyone knows where, you know, we're going to be equipped for the work of ministry. And that's awesome that we all come together. And I know that, you know, at our church, we'll get together with some of the different people from all ages beforehand. We'll just pray. And we'll just ask that the Lord would just do an amazing work. And it's just this great opportunity uh, for a equipping and training uh, to take place through song. And Daniel's right when it comes to you not having to do a little worship moment. I think it's Colossians and Ephesians talks about, you know, when you're singing, you're actually teaching and admonishing one another with song, through mm-hmm. song. So you're actually teaching other people uh, through songs. Um, do you ever stop, like, during worship, stop singing, just listen to the people around you? Mm. I, I should. It's amazing. <laughs> I do it from time to time. It just it it is amazing to to mm-hmm. me and to my soul. Good. That's good because you realize you're not in it alone. Sorry. Yeah. No, Conti- no, no, continue. no. That's good. I I appreciate it, Daniel. Yeah. Um. I think I've actually heard uh, John Piper talk about that too. Mm. He was like at his on, on, he's at the front all the time and he stopped and then he just felt like I think he was talking about like a, almost like a wave just coming over top of him and the importance of that. So absolutely. Joshua. Yeah. You know, even it was this morning. I was I was reading First Peter chapter two and I was just reminded again. Uh, of the point where where Peter writes and says that you're you're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people for his own possession. And and the reason you are such, the reason you have become such is to declare the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm. The reason I love uh, Sunday mornings is because you gather uh, with those who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light and together you lift high the name of your God and Savior. Yeah. Uh, and what what a joy that is to a soul to be able to stand next to somebody and think God has done this marvelous work 
in you and in me. And it is not to our praise. It's not to our glory. It is to his glory. Uh, and to have your eyes fixed together. It's the, it's the community of believers standing together to say, this is not us. Uh, God, to you be the glory. That That's such a, a privilege to be a part of, such a joy to be a part of, of Christ's church, his now, body. Now, is it a matter of perspective that you guys are talking about? Like, I think largely it is. I mean, there's no perfect church. Oh, my goodness. Every one of us, we can look at our own churches and be like, there's Yikes. so many things uh, going wrong there. But it's not about the church. It's about the, the God that we serve. Yeah. Right. And so we all have a part to play in that. And if there's things about the church that you don't like, well, maybe that's an opportunity for you to get involved there and actually um, maybe like become a greeter so that people are more friendly so that you can f- be a more welcoming presence at that church. Or or maybe you don't like how the coffee tastes. So that's an opportunity for you yeah. to get involved with the coffee ministry or whatever. I think there's just a, a way that we can help and bless each other. Uh, in the church. and So how would you help a young person get by this stigma of church? I think just helping them realize that it's not the this kind of worldly institution sort of thing that many churches have kind of made it to be, that it really is the people and that, like Joshua was saying too, that it's, it's uh, you know, these people that have been brought from God, like brought into this marvelous light from, from God. And it, your brothers and sisters together and it's a family. Um, so I, I think just helping them n- know that it's not just this kind of walled building, kind of dusty sort of place, because uh, it's not. Churches all the time, uh, churches all the time, um, and it's with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, so yeah, that's a, I would just push that. I know that we have to push that all the time because we use the term church in all sorts of ways. I want to go a little bit into uh, the ministry of in doubt. You know, I would expect that we all have um, concerns about our culture and uh, the challenges uh, that young people face. What do you find personally? Personally, what do you find are are some of the most significant challenges you face today in your walk? And we're not talking about other people, but you face today that you think you might have in common with the people in doubt ministers to. Joshua. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, that's a it's a great soul-searching question. Uh, it's a very real question uh, because I was thinking about this even just this last weekend. I went on a bit of a, of a retreat, one of my assignments for school. And uh, the whole retreat, I was wrestling uh, for two days straight with just as I was praying before the Lord saying, God, I feel like there's more. <laughs> there's more that I could be doing to, to see my sanctification flourish, to see my likeness to Jesus Christ continue to grow. I feel like there's more I could be doing. I could be reading my Bible more. I could be praying more. God, would you give me the strength to do these things? And and I just felt this burden all weekend. And finally, I was driving home and I was listening to a sermon and, and uh, the preacher uh, went on this long discourse of finally saying, you need to know that your sanctification is not yours to complete. Uh, that the work of sanctification is God's work in his people. He is preparing his bride uh, to come and be with him on that last day. Uh, you get to be a part of it. You get to be uh, an agent that God is going to use and you're going to be able to to work in the strength that he gives you. But in the end, that sanctification is his work in you. And and at that was such a profound reminder for me uh, that I struggle big time with taking my growth into my own hands, uh, with thinking too highly of myself, to think that I have the power um, to uh, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon uses this great illustration when he talks about sin in a Christian's life. He says trying to push back sin, trying to conquer it, is like trying to push Niagara Falls back over its cliffs. Like you're standing underneath, you're trying to push the water back over the cliffs. You just can't. I don't have that kind of power, and yet 
my pride uh, so readily wants to convince me that I do. Um, I think that's probably the thing I struggle with uh, most consistently is thinking too highly of myself uh, and failing to recognize that God is the one to do this mighty work in myself and in the people I lead, uh, in my friends and my family. Uh, he's the worker. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not the only one, Joshua. And for anyone listening, it's like, that's that's so huge, right? I mean, uh, thinking highly of yourself and, and that's why we're you know, commanded not to think too highly of ourselves, like Romans 12 or whatever it is. Uh, that's essential. And kind of piggybacking off of Joshua, I, I feel guilty after I preach every Sunday um, because I'm up there and I'm, you know, I, 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 I enjoy public speaking. So I'm, you know, I have the different rhetorical devices, all kind of stuff. But when I, when I finish, I just feel kind of guilty because I feel like I'm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling the way that I'm sounding. And I'm just, I feel this like guilt. And I remember specifically this young adult, uh, he was 18 years old. He came up to me uh, in January or so. And he just said, you know, I just, I see that like uh, the, you know, God really working in you. And I want that too. And I just felt so guilty because this is just after I preached. And I, you know, maybe I came across as like I was this super spiritual, holy guy. Uh, and yet here I am just like struggling with, you know, feeling, you know. So I think generally, I know it's not just me, but I, I think possibly Daniel, Joshua, you, even you, Ben, uh, we all might struggle with just that, you know, the feelings and, and the knowledge, the experience and the knowledge of our relationship with God. And but, but it's really counterintuitive, isn't it, to our culture today that's so achievement oriented. But the word of God, God himself is counterintuitive to that because he's saying, I'm it. There's nothing you can do on your own. And, and I wonder, is it just too hard for us to, to believe that there's something out there that says, I got it? What do you think? Well, well, I think, I think the, the reality of sin in our flesh is going to cry out every day, hey, no, you're good enough. You're strong enough. You can do it. Um, and it's, the, it's that profound work of sanctification that God is going to beat that out of us. Yeah. Um, he's going to wrestle that to the ground. So I, I, in one sense, you, you're right. It shouldn't be that hard. He's almighty, powerful God. Why should we not believe that he can do that work? But, but there's, there is this sin nature that will cling to us till the day we die. Uh, it's going to cry out its own song of you're righteous on your own. Yeah. Now, Daniel, what's on your heart there? I was going to add a comment to that. I heard a great, um, the, the, the old reformers used to say, sanctification is doing commerce with your justification. So what I mean by that is when we talk about justification, that's the, the moment you are legally justified, pronounced not guilty in the court of heaven, right? Christ says you're not guilty. The Father says you're not guilty because of the blood of Christ. And so the sanctification, fancy word for like our growing to be more like Christ and slowly uh, trying to become more Christ-like. And, and that means leaving behind uh, like aspects of our and blind spots of our sin that we have had in our past and changing and becoming. But he said, the only way you can keep doing that is by doing commerce. Like, you know, when, when people in a business world go to each other and uh, they're business partners, they meet together a lot and they talk a lot. And so when you do commerce with your justification, it's remembering a lot mm -hmm. of, of what Christ did for you. Yeah. Because if you don't remember it, I th and I think this is what, um, what I was going to say, what's the, one of the hardest things for young adults? I think it's to remember yeah. Because um, when we remember who we are and remember what Christ did for us through acts like going in worship, the sacraments, right? Like taking communion. It's, what are you doing? You're remembering your yeah. justification, the sacrifice of Christ. And when you do that, because of that, now you can live 
in a way uh, that is Christ honoring. Because if you if you don't remember and you just try and do it, it, it becomes works righteousness. Yeah. I'm earning favor with God. And I've, I've earned my way to God. See how great I am? Look how good I've done. And then either like it, it takes you and you get super prideful, right? As we've been saying, or it crushes you and you, you have no confidence. You are absolutely like crushed by the weight of that. Yeah. But only when we remember uh, what Christ has done, who we are in Christ, bring it back to identity. Only when we remember that can we live yeah, differently. That's right. It leads me to my last question, though. What is a personal discipline that you've come up with that has really helped you in your daily walk with Christ? I can go first. Um, the thing that it's funny, it's ironic, right? Because we're recording a podcast. But one of the things that has grown my theology and a lot of my love for the Lord is listening to good podcasts. Whether you're driving or you're doing dishes, I remember just a lot of times in college doing the dishes, and that was a time to not be thinking about anything. And uh, so you would just have a like a sermon going, and so your mind is listening passively. So uh, the way I think about it is, over time, just all of this theology and, and the Word and the Holy Spirit's just also doing the work. But slowly it grows your your understanding of God in ways that you didn't quite realize. And then you start to remember things. And then even when you're maybe listening to a sermon and there's something that's said that doesn't quite, you're kind of like, that doesn't smell right. Mm-hmm. That's obviously you're going to learn that through reading the scriptures, reading good Christian authors, spending time in prayer. But I just think podcasts are an amazing way to just have that kind of in the back of your mind and, and just growing you in ways that you don't actually quite realize. So that is why this podcast is so important. Well, that's great. Isaac? Uh, yeah, one of the things that I've done, uh, take advantage of uh, our technology nowadays, like podcasting and things like that, uh, is just using my reminders app. So I have recurring prayers that go off at, I think, 6.55 a.m. every day. And there's about six or seven prayers and they're specific. And honestly, like I, and sure, there are days where I'm just like, Lord, I play for this prayer, for this prayer, for this, click off, dun, 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 and then just move on. But, uh, you know, if I, if I didn't have those down there, then I, I would probably have just forgot. So these things go off every single day. And, and then I'm just reminded to pray for these things because if I don't, I'm going to forget. And Daniel is absolutely right. I'll forget. <laughs> it's terrible yeah. and it's annoying. Yeah. So take advantage of uh, my iPhone reminders to do yeah. that. There you go, Joshua. Yeah, I, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, is actually trying to fit time into my life uh, of actual just quiet thoughtfulness. Um, this is something I've just been uh, freshly reconvicted of was just how, how quickly my day gets busy. How, how quickly my calendar fills up. And suddenly I realize I've, I've done so many things for the Lord. I've done very few with them um, that, that I want to be reminded that, that my life is, is now a life enjoying a reconciled relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to walk with him as I walk with a friend. And so to take 30 minutes, to take an hour and go for a walk and let it be as if I'm just walking with him, uh, walking and talking and just to remind myself that, that the relationships I enjoy in this earthly sense are, are just a picture uh, of, of this wondrous relationship that I now enjoy with God. I want to be reminded of that. And so, so space for, for quiet thoughtfulness, I think, yeah. is important. You know what? Uh, thanks, guys. It's been spectacular. The time's gone by way too fast for me. I'd love to hear more and more. Thanks so much for being with us. And remember to join us again next week right here on In Doubt. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm super thankful for Joshua, Isaac, and Daniel in their willingness to partner with us in this new stage of In Doubt. And to you also, thank you for your willingness to listen and stay connected with us.
So join us next week as we have Isaac back for the first time since last year talking with guest Christopher Yuan about his book Holy Sexuality and the Gospel. Christopher shares about his life story and Isaac and him discuss how we can think biblically about same-sex relationships in our culture. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 